month of January, um, what we're doing is we're, we're taking time to uh, celebrate and remember uh, God's faithfulness to us. Our, our January series is called Great is Your Faithfulness. And our heart in that is to worship. Our heart is to remember, as God commanded us so often through Scripture, uh, who he is and how his love and his works and all of who he is is faithful and the way that that has impacted us. Part of what we're also celebrating is that, uh, yeah, God has entrusted this space to us. And so as we move into it and take ownership of it and want to be good stewards of it, we're taking time to, again, remember and think about um, how God has invited us to follow him and over the last 10, 12 years, how he's been faithful in that. And we're doing that this month by, by having people share stories. Uh, if you've been a part of Missio or if not, um, one of the things we often think about and talk of are the relational rhythms of Jesus. We believe that when we look at scripture, we see that Jesus uh, lived what we speak of as up in and out, that he lived in communion with God the Father and Holy Spirit. He lived in relationship or in community with uh, others that he called to himself. And then he lived intentionally on, on mission. And what we often think about or speak of is that when you're living all three of these up in and out, or communion, community, and mission, it's kind of right in the middle of that sweet spot, is where you actually begin to experience the gospel come alive, that you actually get to experience the fullness of the kingdom of God, not only for yourself, but also for others, that others get to be uh, participants and experience of that. And so we've talked about up, we've talked about in this morning, uh, we've got some friends up here that are going to help us talk about the way they've been invited and feel God encouraging them and challenging them to live, to live outward, to live on mission to the world. And I want to read just a, a quick scripture kind of that's going to set and frame our conversation this morning. It's when we think about uh, living on mission, when we think about out, this is often uh, where, where my heart goes. And I want to just share it this morning before we, before we talk. Um, this is 2 Corinthians, and it's chapter 5, and it's, it's titled the, the Ministry of Reconciliation. I'm going to read a portion of it. It says in verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ controls or compels us because we have concluded this that one has died for all and therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised from now on therefore we regard no one according to the flesh even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh we regard him thus no longer therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, because for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so in that, Paul speaks about this love of God, this ministry of God through Christ to us that has changed us, that has made us new, that we don't deserve, but it's a gift of grace. And what it does, though, is it calls us then to partner with God, to now be ambassadors of him in this world, inviting others to experience and know the love of God. Often, again, at Missio, we think of this or we speak of this as we believe that we've been called to be the covenant children of God and also the kingdom ambassadors of God. We're both covenant children and we're kingdom ambassadors or representatives. And so last couple weeks, we've talked a lot about kind of the the kingdom or covenant children aspect, if you will. This morning, we're going to talk about that kingdom representative piece. And so, um, yeah, this morning, I've got Jeremy and Susie Bauer with me. I've got Shinji. I've got Birch. 
And um, yeah, we're going to just have an intentional conversation about outward. What, was it, what does it look like? Um, how have we experienced it? Where are we currently in the middle of that? And so I'll let you guys just kind of start there. And again, just feel free to, you know, talk, flow through this. But maybe introduce yourselves quickly and then say, where are you right now? Or how have you recently uh, been living on mission? How have you experienced God inviting you to partner with him to bring reconciliation into the world? So... I'm looking at you, but we don't have to start here. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I'm Jeremy. This is Susie, and we've been here, I guess, since the summer of 2011. Sounds right. Um, and over the last couple of years, um, uh, Susie and I have been involved with Safe Families, and um, Safe Families, um, basically, I think our hearts have been yearning to do something, and we just we knew that there was something that God gave us the, the time, the resources to do something. And it was really a Sunday um, when we looked at each other, when um, there was a Safe Families presentation, and we looked at each other and like, yeah. And it wasn't, it was one of these kind of just instant, instant moments where we're like, we knew that this was the calling. And Safe Families um, was, is an organization that's really um, trying to come along um, families in crisis and trying to help them uh, come through. And I will say, when we watched the video, it was inspiring. It was pretty glossy, um, and and it looked like I mean it it, um, which is good because if it wasn't glossy, you might not have jumped on. Um, but it was it um, just the chance to to partner. And we knew, um, I think, from both of us having worked in healthcare and seen a lot of underserved areas, we knew that there, I mean, we were, we weren't completely blind walking into knowing that there was going to be heartache and there, it was not going to be easy, but um, jumping into helping out um, these families and mostly moms in crisis um, and trying to come alongside them, partner with them. And it's, it's looked different than we expected, but it's been a um, real opportunity for us to just experience God's goodness amidst um, hard and um, joy. Awesome, thanks. Shinji, would you introduce yourself and tell us what you're engaged in right now in this season? Hi, I'm Shinji. Um, been coming to Missio a little shy of two and a half years now. Um, and I moved here from, from the East Coast, so completely new in the city. And one of the prayers on my heart was... God, what 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 have you called me to do here in Portland? Because I felt called to do something, and after a while, I uh, you know I think the answer was do what you can, and uh, I I learned about this organization called Faithful Friends, which is a ma- mentoring uh, organization that pairs uh, Christ followers with. Uh, children in sort of difficult family situations. Um, I heard about I heard about it through uh, Osdale and Lauren, who are also mentors and uh, attendees of the church, um, members of the church. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that, so I've been paired with uh, my mentee, who is in second grade for almost a year now, and you just, you know, mm-hmm. The most important thing that 
you know, we do as part of the program is just consistency, showing these kids that are part of the program that there's somebody who will always be there for them, uh, you know, and, you know, giving them opportunities that they don't otherwise have. So, you know, get, getting to go to the park, going, to, going riding bikes somewhere, uh, just spending quality time together. Um, so it's been uh, great, and I think we've both grown over uh, this past year together. But yeah, awesome. Thanks for introducing that to us. And Birch, you want to introduce yourself and just share us how, how in this season or over the years have you felt God inviting you to partner with him to live on mission to the world? Yeah, um, so my name's Birch, and I'm um, Vicky's husband. Uh, the, um, yeah, my most direct, I always hate, it's really hard to explain what I do sometimes, but the most simple is property management. Um, but to get a little bit more into it is that I... Um, create communities and focus on kind of creating communities of people in, in housing. That was sort of where it began. Um, coming out of college ministry, working with college students, just saw college students enter the real world and um, just really struggle because um, housing was just so integral to how people experience the world and how they experience their faith and interact with, um, with Jesus in that. And so community was a huge part of my growth in there and watching, you know, both watching students graduate into a world that is challenging um, and knowing how helpful it had been to me as a, central, as a central part of my experience being in community and having community be uh, a piece that prompts me onward and upward in, into knowing Jesus. And so... Um, so really focusing on the community aspect of, of housing um, helping people kind of make that transition in. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So. And that's kind of a good segue. You were talking about a little bit, Birch, about, I mean, to a sense, what, what compels you, right? Part of it is your own, your own experience. But I, I want to ask you all that question. Maybe we can start with you since you started a little bit. But what, what, I mean, you know, you can give me the biblical answer. It's Christ's love that compels me, right? <laughs> but, I mean, as you guys think about living on mission and as you've responded to the things that God's called you to do, what, what is it, honestly, like, what, what's compelled you? Like, what's... What's been the driving force in that? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. As a uh, Vicky and I sometimes have this conversation about the different ways that we anticipate or project our needs. Um, and I am more of a projector. <laughs> like, well, I had this experience, so obviously other people would have this experience. Um, and so for me, it was coming out of a place where Jesus um, really met me in community, in the context of community. Uh, in being around people and knowing that that's just a really healthy place for me, not to isolate and to be to be on my own. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, I have the sovereign foundations that God set for me that pointed me in this direction um, in terms of housing stuff. Um, and, uh, and I think also, you know, for me, those scriptures of reconciliation and community and justice, I think they've just become really kind of part of my faith and part of my understanding, and I feel like, uh, yeah, that's been true. I, there's a passage from Isaiah that's really relevant to me um, from where God talks about true fast, or where Isaiah is talking about true fasting, and um, so there's a, well, I'm not going to say, well, anyway, it's kind of a life verse for me is that you will be called repair of broken walls, restore streets with dwellings, and that started really figurative. I think for me, of just like, oh, it's just sort of an idea. I'm creating these places, but it's become very literal. 
So. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. I didn't know that was one of your life verses. That's one of the verses God gave me about this space was in that idea. Yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. Shinji, I'm going to ask you, because you're a young, single dude. You got a cool Subaru out back. And I walked by your car the other day, and you had a car seat in the back. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, here's a young, single dude. And you roll up to a stoplight or whatever, and a girl looks over at you, and she sees a car seat. She's going to be like, no, I'm done. Like, no. Like, why, why, what, like, what compels you to have a car seat in your back seat at your age, your stage of life, when, you know, that could be a major deterrent to other things. But wait, what, what compels you, seriously, to be a mentor, to do what you're doing? Like, Yeah, it's not something that I've really, like, thought about as anything unique. It's just, like, you know, I'm, you know, I've, I feel called to live, you know, outside of myself. Uh, you know, my church upbringing was very like evangelical, um, so you know, the gold standard, you know, is, of the Great Commission is like you go out on mission. And I've had some opportunities to do that, and I've learned that that's not really where my strengths are. Uh, you know, large group sort of things, like one on one, is something that. I feel like I have something to offer. Hmm. And, you know, the way that I feel most comfortable with allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me. Um, You know, God's given me the gift of being an older brother to my siblings. And now that I'm here, you know, away from my immediate family, uh, building a new family and, you know, in a way having a new, like, sibling to look after. Hmm. That's sort of the, uh, the idea and the motivation, I guess. Yeah. So the, the brotherly heart that God has naturally given you and being in a new place and just wanting to function out of that as the Holy Spirit's led you. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Hmm. That's cool. Bowers, how about for you? I, I know you said, you know, Steve came in that day however many years ago and made that presentation and you felt the Holy Spirit speak to you, but... I, it's not been easy, and maybe that's where I want us to talk now a little bit, or you know, maybe you guys can answer what's compelled you, but also what keeps compelling you when it's been not that pretty pizza party you know, video that we saw. Like, what, what, what draws you and, and motivates you to, to love and serve these children that are so vulnerable? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. That, that same verse has always like, been a driving force behind it. I, I wrote that on the back wall as well, just a verse of just in a, in a human sense of you know, repairing and restoring. And I think the church we went to in Seattle had that same um, view of like how we find the least, the last, and the lost. And sometimes I think I felt anxious or nervous about, am I really in God's will? Or am I doing what he's called? And I think being able to take part with the widows and the orphans has felt so, I think it's just profound to, to be a part of that and to feel Jesus so strongly and it feels so um, messy. And I think even this past couple of weeks I told Dom, I'm like, it's hard to keep going. It feels like failure upon failure. It feels like we've, we keep kind of having these bombs of situations that aren't going well and they kind of joke that we've had like the most like disastrous <laughs> Um, pairings and um, some of the most interesting outcomes they've seen. Um, and I was like, is there a three strikes rule? Do we get, <laughs> do we get kicked out soon? Um, but I think God has been so present. And I, don't, I think we feel him so strongly in those times. And when these kids are in our home, and 
I think realizing what it would take for a parent to get to the point of letting you have their most precious thing in their lives when um, a mom is willing to let you just drive up and not know anything about them. And the girl I had in my house this week, she got up and started walking. I was like, oh, I didn't even know she walked. Like, I just knew so little about the kids in my home and a parent would allow us to have that. And I think you did a series on like resources at one point and just like to think of like the different resources that it takes to do this. And I think we both grew up in a, um, a family situation that I think was special. And as I get older, I feel like maybe is more rare than I ever experienced the support that I had from my parents and my family. And I think also my sister always said, you, know, you have to pick your one thing, you know, whatever it is. Like if we all just did our, our one thing and found our one thing, whatever it is, if all of us who love Jesus could at least seek him to find that one thing. Um, and she died of cancer a few years ago. So I think that's also just powerful to just keep remembering. We just so both strongly felt at the same time that this was the one thing that God had asked us to do. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think, I think as far as the compelling, I think um, quite literally just feeling like too much is given, much is required. And, um, you know, I think um, at some point we've kind of always talked early on about, um, you know, what it would be like to be missionaries or to do that and realizing where we're at, this was, this, this really filled the, I mean, there are, there's that need, you know, right all around us. And so um, that is, uh, I mean, I think that's what initially, and what keeps us coming back is I think it's a lot, what, what Susie said, I mean, there's, um, there's times, like, just, you know, the practical things, like, I don't love cleaning other babies' poop out of the bathtub, like, multiple <coughs> times, like, that doesn't, that doesn't compel me. But when that same kid falls asleep on my chest at two in the morning after a long day, and we're like, oh, like it is, it is such a, it is such a privilege. And like Susie said, for some, you know, these mothers to, to um, entrust, um, entrust their, their child in, um, and so it's just, it's a great responsibility. And I think that um, has, has been that driver to, to, to do it, yeah. Thank you. So, Birch, you're married. You got two kids. Busy life. Shinji, single but career that's demanding. Travel, that kind of stuff. Bowers, you both work. You've got two kids and all that. <coughs> what are some of the barriers, honestly, that you've had to consider and ways you've had to count the cost, if you will, of being disciples of Jesus and living on mission? Because it's, I guarantee you, it's not. Oh, this compelled me, and I'm, so now I'm just doing it. But, you were compelled by something, the love, the scriptures, the ways that God has spoken to you and, and used your own stories and lives. And every day you got to wake up and, in a sense, choose, right? What are some of those barriers, honestly, that you, in ways you had to count the cost of living on mission with Jesus? Yeah. You guys want to share first? Eh? I mean, I think some of the, the I mean, the true, the true cost was it, it took us a, a while to figure out what was going on. Like, our, our son didn't, you know, we we didn't really realize the cost. You know, it, it it takes a toll on our family. The flip side of that is that this week, they the call came in and our kids were home because school was shut down, and the kids told Susie, "Let's do it." You know, we're on. Um, so yeah, there. I mean, there was a cost. Like you know, Graham didn't had not did not know that there was a chance that a mom could just leave their children, and so he then you know when he, without it, the words was was afraid because he 
never knew that that was ever a possibility. And so that was, that was hard, on, hard on him and hard on us. Yeah, we dealt with months of extreme anxiety and tears and fear. Um, Fear every time we stepped out of the room, he would be in tears, fearing that 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 was a possibility. And they got exposed to that at an age before I wish they had been. But then these little ones were also getting exposed to it, you know, as well. And so I think in this week, like Jeremy said, I wasn't feeling up to it. And they're like, we've got this, Mom. We can do it. Like, we'll take care of them. And they... Did. They took care of them in a way that was phenomenal. But there has been, you know, a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of um, sorrow of loss and true grief of moms not, you know, ending up what we expected and children ending up in foster care that we didn't expect and you know, lots of things. But yeah. I think the, the emotional cost and the grief of, of loss there too. If I'm being honest with you guys, whenever you send pictures and we're doing the prayer circle and all the support, I love the pictures when it's you guys, right? But the ones, honestly, that bring me to tears is when it's your kids. It's a picture of your kids with the other kids in your home. And it shows me just how you're living as a family on mission and yet how your kids are, yeah, you're having to count the cost. And yet there's a joy I see in Graham and Joel when they're playing with those kids and even, yeah, learning to give of their stuff, open up their hearts and their toys and their stuff. And, and that, that moves me every single time. I'm, I'm grateful for the example you're setting for your kids in that. Yeah. Shinji, how about for you or Birch costs you have to count when you wake up to decide, am I going to live on mission with Jesus today or not? Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of uh, sacrifice and dying to self in just like giving up maybe your own plans uh, and, you know, or, you know, setting, setting aside that time, you know, and say like, I'm going to be intentional about engaging. Um, and, you know, there's, it's like, there's, there's days and weekends that like maybe I would, you know, there are things that I can't do because I'm like, I've committed to being present with this family, and uh, you know it's yeah, some, and sometimes it's just like you know, not to I don't want to use the word burden, but it's like you know there's it's another person in my life that I have care and worry and love for. Uh, so when things aren't, you know, when, when everything's not hunky-dory, it can, be, uh, it can be challenging just because, you know, you have to think about more than yourself, which, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it seems pretty basic, but it is, it is a form of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I, off of both of those, it's just, you know, there's a lot of mess I don't, I wouldn't have to deal with, or that we wouldn't have to deal with um, if we were just on our own, kind of separate and not engaging with people. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the joke of, you know, things would be a lot more pleasant if there weren't people involved, or, you know, ministry or church or whatever, and it's just, you know, I think it's, uh, it's that, like, man, you're getting into lives of people, oftentimes that are really messy, um, and they're going through tough stuff, and 
I think it's that willingly having a heart for that or engaging in that and saying, God, that sucks, and I'm going to be in it with you, that you wouldn't have to do that otherwise. Um, but in it, the joy, I mean, I, I mean, I guess the transition is that the, there's always the joy on the other side of that, of being able to celebrate with people or to see the kids, you know, kind of, you know, yeah, stop stomping on the floor because you're going to wake up Jose, like, um, at six in the morning. Um, you know, the constant, you know, hopping out of bed. Because we got people that live downstairs from us. And, um, but the flip side of that is that they have exposure to other people that they wouldn't have otherwise. They have a sense of bigger sense of family uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise here in mm -hmm. Portland. And um, I think, yeah, being able to fully engage with folks as well. It's the painful parts, but then it's the celebrations of getting through some of those painful parts. Yeah, Let, let's go there then. What would be, because there's, there's obviously the, the cost we count, right? And the dying to self, the hardship, the unknowns, the scary, the mess. But there's also, as you mentioned, there's the joy. And this series is called Great is Your Faithfulness. And what we're wanting to celebrate and talk about is, yeah, here's the hardship of communion. Here's the hardship of community. But here's where God has been faithful. Here's where God has surprised me with his grace. Here's where God has been over the top in ways I didn't expect and I don't deserve. Would you guys speak to that? Because, again, you know, we talk about those, those rhythms up in and out. And I think some, some of us often can have this misconception that, like, if I'm living up and I'm living in, like, I'm doing it. Like, I'm living the faithful discipleship life. And then we actually do that for a while, and we go, this kind of sucks. This is boring. There's no adventure in this. Because what we're actually missing is the faith of the out. <laughs> that, like, that's where God meets us and actually grows us, actually compels us, actually refines us often. It's not just in relationship with him or in the safety of community, but it's actually going beyond that place where we're comfortable and trusting Holy Spirit to empower us and lead us into mission. And what we find out is that, that actually, that full-orbed life, that brings the fullness of the kingdom for us, and we're really living then, so to speak. How have you guys, if there's one thing you could say where God has been so faithful in this, and I'm thankful he gave, he's given me this when I didn't expect it. Like, that's how he showed up for me. I, I think for, for me, I think, I mean, I think everyone uh, at some level wonders about their purpose, Right? And there's the, there's the rhythms that we do, and there's, like you said, the community. But I think there's never the blessing, the joy that has come from knowing that we're um, in God's presence. Like, you could feel it. And it was hard, but like, oh, this is it. And so I think that, that's a joy. That's a, you know, it's, it's not something I get from the things that I enjoy doing. It's not from mountain biking or skiing or vacation or travel it's a different it's a different um, it's a different feeling and I think that's been um, that has been the biggest gift yeah I think one of the things that I kind of come to sometimes is I mean I is the gratitude and contentment I think in circumstances um, you know, uh, in college ministry, everything was really quick, and you spent tons of time with people, but now it's, everything is so much slower, and it just takes time, and you just, I think, in being able to see and have relationship with people over the long, long period, I think you have a better perspective of what God is doing, and kind of the trajectory that God is working on in people's lives, and then also in, in my own, and I think, um, yeah, I think that 
there's a little more peace and contentment um, in trials and in challenges. I think I, I've always been a little bit of a crisis. You know, I, I, I do okay in crisis anyway. Um, but I think it's helpful to kind of have that, like, no, God is at work. He's, he's got a plan. He's in charge. And, it, and whether or not I have what I want or need at the time, well, I always have what I need. So, mm. yeah. I think one lesson that God has given me is that your impact does not have to be huge. Like, it can just be one person. And I've had so much joy in just interacting and pouring into and loving on one person. And, you know, it just, dare, dare I say, like, it kept me sane through the pandemic and probably kept him, you know, uh, doing better than he was as well. Um, just to have somebody to be, you know, because it is both, like, you know, mentorship isn't just down, it's both ways as well. So, it's, uh, and like, you know, when I hear that, you know, when his mom says, like, oh, you're the highlight of his week, or when he gives me that hug, it's just like, you know, I feel so much joy that God has given me uh, this child to be part of my life. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Birch, Shinji, Susie, Jeremy, thank you each for responding to the grace of God in your life. It's been a privilege for me as your pastor to walk alongside you guys for different lengths of years and to partner in mission with you in different ways. And yeah, thanks for just being faithful to respond to God's love, to receive it first in your life, to believe and know that it's not ever going to deplete. And so you can be generous and frivolous even in giving it away. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for living on mission and for sharing this morning about the way God has compelled you to do that. Um, you know, Missio, as you've listened to this this morning, there's been some nuggets in here that, that I've just caught thinking, I know Susie going, what, what's the one thing, right? If each of us were faithful to listen to God and be obedient to the one thing that you know he's calling you to be a gospel presence in that place with that one thing, what is that for you? And what would that look like? How would our world be different if each of us was aware of and awoken by the Spirit to the one thing that's our greater purpose, beyond what I got my degree in, beyond where I recreate and have fun in, but that place where God's calling me to experience the greater purpose that he's created me for, to bring him glory, and to experience joy like I've never experienced in anything else because I'm obedient to represent Christ in that space. And Again, Shinji, you said, like, we have one person. If each of us thought about one person, you know, so church, who, who's the one person? Again, as you're listening, that this morning, Holy Spirit brings them to mind. I want to encourage you this week to be praying for them. Pray, begin to pray for that person and ask God, what is it you're, you're inviting and calling me to do to partner with you to bring love, to bring redemption, to bring hope into their life? We, we all know over the last couple, we're, we're living in a hurting world. And we know that Jesus is the answer. We know that Jesus is the hope of the world, and he's called us as, as the church, as his covenant kids and his kingdom representatives to share that hope with others. And so this morning, as we continue to you know, worship out and finish up, I want, again, I love, Kelly, that you invited us this morning to be listening throughout this whole morning. I didn't know that would be a theme for any of it, but just, yeah, well, what's God saying, and how are you listening? 